0: Welcome to episode 136 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Star Fox 64. Let's get right into it.
1: You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club.
0: Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is up behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love
1: him, he's the king of momentum. It's Momertati. Oh, I'm excited to play the game based off of my favorite Smash Bros. character. Let's go. Ooh, and here
0: to talk about a very good... N64 game. Uh, he is the editor-in-chief and co-founder of 6-1 Indie. It's Mike Toundro. Mike, welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me. Finally, somebody has the courage to give me a platform to talk about Star Fox 64. Hey. All of my 6-1 staff filled with cowards. Don't let me. Always put me down about uh, Star Fox.
0: Name them. Name the cowards. Do we it. Call names. them out. Kyle time.
2: Stevenson, Jacob Palmer, Matthew Wright. Cowards. Uh, cowards. Dang. Cowards. Well,
0: listen, before we get into this vi- very good video game, I want to run you through something we call the gauntlet. Yes. Uh, for those uh, those folks who are listening who don't know who you are, we're just going to ask you a couple questions so that we can kind of paint a picture of your gaming tendencies and what you love in video games. Are you ready? Yes. First question: What is your earliest gaming memory?
2: Playing Lion King on Genesis. Ooh. Very good,
0: very was good.
2: My, my first video game, and I have fond memories of like whatever I was like two years old, like sitting on my floor, like just being completely engrossed in my Genesis and absolutely hating that particular that one level where you have to was it like you have to jump on the monkeys or something or the giraffes? You have to jump on the giraffes. <laughs> I can't oh, remember. terrible! Then I discovered second greatest franchise of all time, Sonic the Hedgehog. You know what I'm saying?
0: Very good. So, my follow-up question, Genesis or <laughs> Super Nintendo?
2: Oh, Super Nintendo. <laughs>
1: oh, shoot! I thought you were going to say <laughs> yeah, Genesis! Yeah, I mean, there's
2: no question. No. Okay, favorite Super Genesis Nintendo little... game? Favorite Super Nintendo game? Uh... I mean, it's kind of a cheat answer, but Star Fox SNES. Oh. <laughs> nice! Okay, did you play Star Fox 2? Yeah. Yes, recently. Oh. because Well, I mean, pseudo-recently with the, the mini console.
0: Um what game have you spent the most hours on
2: well so kind of ties into this episode star fox 64 i make sure i do a playthrough at least annually oh wow just to like yeah just you know i mean also we'll talk about it playthroughs are what like a half hour so like maybe it doesn't add up that much you know i'm 30 years old you could do the math um but other than that probably bloodborne okay i've played bloodborne i played through bloodborne to completion four or five times probably at this and point point.
0: and how long is that game like 30 40 longer
2: uh it depends first think, playthrough right? is first playthrough will run you quite a bit maybe like 50 60 if you're you know especially like me that was my first souls like um so really struggling through that like for yeah 60 or so hours and then if you're doing like all the chalice dungeon stuff that's another god knows how many hours especially if you're trying to like platinum that game and whatnot oh. but once you're like once you know the bosses, once you know the mechanics, you could speed through that game in, like, no time at all.
0: Uh, one thing that the the staff of the Up Behind Game Club is trying to get me to do is play a Soulsborne game. We're going to do and it, I think chicken. in 22, they might succeed. You are going to do it.
2: Dude, I mean, we'll see. Uh, from what I see of Elden Ring, it looks like the most accessible one yet. I would highly recommend Bloodborne being your first one.
0: Okay, because I think the staff here, they're like, should you play Dark Souls first? Should Sorry. you play Demon Souls first or Bloodborne first? Those are the options.
2: I think the original Dark Souls is, it like, a fantastic game. I think at this point it's a little too dated yeah. in mechanics and whatnot, and it, just, it feels sluggish. Two, not super great. I mean, it's fine, but I, I couldn't get into two. Demon Souls might be a little, for a lack of a better term, punishing, just in the non-linear sense. Where, oh, like, yeah. I would recommend, for, for any of these games, I'd recommend following a guide for your first go. But Bloodborne, between, like, the speed and the reliance on kind of offensive plays and um not really having to rely on like a more precise parry system that dark souls has um yeah i I think bloodborne is kind of the most accessible until elden ring comes out
0: final Mm. question in the gauntlet what is your most controversial video game opinion
2: undertale is a bad game
0: which one's a bad game undertale Ooh, what what huh why explain (laughs) use words jacob's
2: favorite games I, I don't know I just I don't remember playing much of it I platinum that game and I f- absolutely hated my entire time with that mm. game damn I just think it's convoluted and, and just I don't know have you played I, Delta I'm, Rune not a fan. not yet I am going to give it a chance
0: okay so you're saying you I don't, don't like just, indie games
2: I yeah I hate indie <laughs> games. <laughs> this whole uh, company is a front. <laughs>
0: oh come on, it's it's a great company. You've run a great website with some great people. Hey, so uh, thank you for being here today. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Fox 64, uh, developed by the Ninten- Nintendo Nintendo Entertainment Analysis and Development division, published by Nintendo for the N64, originally released in North America on June 30th of 1997. We keep this show rolling with a segment that we call The Fast Pitch, which is a one sentence description of the game that we're about to talk about. Who wants to give their Fast Pitch of Star Fox 64 first? Mozen, uh, here I'll we go, first. go.
1: Here we go. I, it's it's it, Super Smash Bros. credits video game. That's how I explain it to someone, because I feel <laughs> like you, some, a lot of people have yeah. probably played Smash Bros. So I'll just say, Smash Bros. credits video game.
0: I don't understand what
1: you just said. Oh, so you don't... Know, <laughs> like sorry ahead, when you go like and, so, and when you're playing super smash bros like classic mode or whatever you know the end you can use the, s- yeah. the star fox ship and shoot the credits of the, uh, the oh, developers
0: the beep, credits beep, 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 of beep, beep, smash 64 beep, i understand beep, beep, beep,
1: beep, beep, beep. yeah very that's, cute that's my star fox 64 one-liner <laughs>
0: uh mike this is one of your favorite games of all time why don't you go next
2: on rail space epic semicolon star fox meets muppets
0: <laughs> very good <laughs> And we're going to talk about some Muppet stuff, I'm I'm assuming, later in the show. Um, for me, I'm not going to do better than that, so I'm going to say stuffed animals go pew-pew on the N64. Here we are. Uh, what are you holding up, Mike?
2: Uh, I mean, if we're talking about Muppets, this is my portrait of Rizzo the rat <laughs> 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 that I just offhandedly have on the floor next to me. <laughs> was this a purchase for, or was this ex- a creation? Uh, this is, I believe, an anniversary gift. <laughs>
1: Even better than I was expecting.
2: <laughs> Good That's partner. Wow. That's Good keeper. partner. Kelsey's a keeper.
0: <laughs> uh, we're gonna jump into the time capsule about Star Fox sixty four and talk about basically the original release and the zeitgeist around this game. Uh, I'm just gonna start and say I'm gonna ask a question to start, which is a quiz question. Do you all oh, words today? Do you all know how many N sixty four games total were released in nineteen ninety seven? total across all developers and publishers. When did the N64 launch? Was that 1996? N- 1996,
2: yeah.
1: So this must have been the first year when they're like games need to get out of the door. Yes. I'm going to say 20 titles. Okay.
2: I think that's too much. I would say cuz like the entire library is not that big. Mm-mm. Which is like wild to think of like in retrospect cuz like that's one of my, that is probably my favorite console of all time. Um 97, I would say eight.
0: Uh, in North America, there were 34 games released Holy on the N64-97. Shoot.
2: So the entire library was <laughs> released in 97.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Because that thing had a short lifespan, the N64, compared to, like, what we're used to now for yeah. consoles.
2: Because, like, it was really sort of sunsetted. Uh, dude, I'm so prepared today. It was sunsetted, really, with uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day in 2000. Wow,
0: another prop. <laughs> um, He's wearing a Conker's
2: t-shirt. That's dude, I'm, I'm on a roll tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a Star Fox beanie. I foolishly did not uh, bring it onto the show.
0: Well, hey, okay. there's always next time if we talk about Star Fox Adventure, we probably won't do that.
2: You know what? When Star Fox Grand Prix inevitably comes out, we'll talk about it. Uh, Sorry, it's a, it's a running joke. It's never coming out.
0: <laughs> Is that like Chocobo Racer GP or jo- Chocobo Ch- GP? I said Chocobo GP. <laughs> Chocobo GP? GB's yes. GP, the racing game. Words today. There was...
2: <laughs> there was a rumor a long time ago that Retro, the folks behind uh, Metroid Prime and the, Donkey Kong, uh, the newer Donkey Kong platformers, that they were working on a Star Fox title called Star Fox Grand Prix that was a blend of Star Fox and F-Zero.
0: Ooh.
2: And that stuck in my mind for five years now. Appa- according to Imran Khan and his connections, that game existed at some point in time. Nintendo, release it. <laughs> cancel Metro uh, Prime 4 it's fine it's that Nobody game that it.
0: game isn't real let's be real
2: Metro Prime 4 it's also not, yeah, a, real not a real video game not a
0: real video game speaking of racing games here's some other games on the 64 that came out in 97 Diddy Kong Racing Bomberman yeah. 64 WCW NWO World Tour GoldenEye San Francisco Rush Mario Kart 64 Doom 64 Doom 64 wow did you,
1: did you play that one Mo? Uh, I played all the Dooms I can only imagine the genesis of it all <laughs>
0: Uh, this one was developed by one group of Nintendo R and D folks. They had multiple yep. R and D groups that eventually came together into one. Uh, here are some of the prominent games that team developed: Pilot Wing 64, Super Mario 64, Waveray 64. Uh, did I say Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, F Zero X, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium Two? The list goes on. Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. Basically, the big bangers came out of the same yeah. group that put this game together.
2: Miyamoto was a busy yeah, I mean, boy. Miyamoto was a very busy boy. Nintendo's has always been, especially like in the N64 GameCube days where like, unlike Xbox and like PlayStation where like Gorilla has Horizon and Kojima has Death Stranding so on and so forth. Nintendo was just Nintendo. Like other than like maybe HAL Laboratories having Smash 64. Like there was never like a defined kind of like studio structure. It's very interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Kirby came out of that studio too. Kirby 64 and the uh, Crystal Shards, yeah. I think.
2: Oh, Dude, Crystal Shards is so good. Such Happy birthday, game. Kirby! You
0: know? Happy birthday, Kirby! He's thirty
2: now. He
0: he's can. 30. He's as
2: old as I am. Yes,
0: uh, he's younger than me, but not by much. Um, as old
2: and as bald as I am.
0: <laughs> uh, I want to talk about a commercial that I found on the internet that I'll, I'll include as audio uh, in like as we're talking about it. But I'm going to share this with y'all on Discord, uh, and I implore you. To watch this 30-second commercial because it is the most late '90s thing you will ever hear in your life.
2: I mean, this is the
0: Doesn't that look like Mad Max, the the movie, um, but also a low-budget commercial?
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: That, that, okay. that looked like the perfect commercial for, like, a 10-year-old kid to, like, want a video game. That's a run down the hallway, knock on parents' door. I need Star Fox 64. That's what that told me right there.
2: Yeah, guess what? It worked. <laughs> that was me. I was like, I want to be this desert man, like, racing in in desert planets and <laughs> stuff. Please, Mom.
0: <laughs> Mom, if you don't buy me Mom? this, you don't love me. Uh, and I'll take it was- this as my disownment and it was one of the first games with the Rumble Pack, too.
2: Did y'all this have this before? Nice, this nice chubby box.
0: Oh, dang!
2: Yeah. Can look you look just
0: that, show that box off for the non-audio yeah. listeners?
1: It's, yeah, it's for the listeners, Jacob. It's
2: for me and you, Jacob. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Oh, beautiful box. Look at that art. And the wow. Rumble Pack. Includes wow. Rumble. Includes Rumble Pack. Four players. I love the folds for the only on Nintendo. Beautiful uh really cool planet art on the side with a couple of armings focus hey uh, it's okay uh and then yeah obviously the back with some screen grabs and obviously showing off that beautiful rumble pack what's this back say
0: that's like, like a good unboxing eh is that your oh, yeah. original copy or is that no cop- no
2: oh, okay i just realized how blurry it was um no no i got this at i think i got this at new york comic-con a few years back um paid too much money for it but it's fine um under a hundred. It's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I saw like, the, yeah, the, there's this one uh shop. I believe they're in Massachusetts, I think. They are always at like PAX East and New York Comic Con. Uh, Dial-Up Games are just a really cool retro game shop. They do uh, re- uh, some restoration on cartridge stuff. They have a great collection of N64 titles. And that they've been kind of my avenue to sort of rebuild my N64 collection. Because we were all dumb kids in the 90s who sold their video game systems to get the next fancy thing, and I clearly remember selling uh, selling my N64 for the original Xbox. So I, I did something play. similar. Uh, not for Halo, but for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist of the Rose. <laughs> that was my selling point for the oh Xbox. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. Because I brought a
0: duffel bag, it was a Detroit Red Wings duffel bag, and I just came in with a bunch of, like, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and N64 games, and I regret it so much. But, but I bought to? a PlayStation 2. So... I think I got Mega Man 8 with my PlayStation 2 and then, (laughs) like, Sly Cooper or Ratchet and Clank or something like that. Like, that's what I got. Not worth it. My biggest
2: regret in selling my 64 and especially seeing, like, some of the prices in current day. I've... One of my favorite games of all time and it's, like, a very bad video game. But Clay Fighters 64 Sculptor's Cut. Yep. Totally mediocre fighter. Goes for, like, $2,000 now. (laughs) You cannot find it anywhere. Why? It's, it's, I don't understand. And I think it's just like one of those like bad video games that they didn't make a lot of. And like, but I adore that game so much. And speaking of Conquer, I adore Conquer, but like that original cart goes for 200 bucks now, something like that.
0: Ugh. See, I have a copy of the Xbox version of that game, uh, but I'm assuming great the version sells is, is not like that. It's not 200. I mean,
2: even like, especially it's available digitally and you can play it backwards compatible, stuff like that.
0: So, I need to know what color N64 did you have? And if you rebought an N64, what color did you buy?
2: I always, I think, just had the standard. I, I know I've had friends who had the Jungle Green and Atomic Purple. I rocked an Atomic Purple controller constantly. But console wise, it was just the standard gray, even when rebuying it.
0: Standard gray or standard black? Let's find out. I thought the standard was black. Hold on. More props. Black like and gray.
2: gray. Like, yeah, black and gray. It's like a dark gray, but yeah, like a faded black.
0: Okay. I thought for a second I was going crazy. I'm like, is that system gray?
2: I think like, yeah, the controller is light gray. If we're like, if this is side by side with a GameCube, I would say the GameCube is like a jet black and this is like a dark gray.
0: Very fair. Very fair. Welcome um. to the color podcast. <laughs> Uh I'm going to ask you a question while it's relevant uh and then I'm going to get in some some critic reviews here. How did you play Star Fox 64 this time around? And give me your your history with this particular game because it's been released and re-released before. I'm going to sure. start with Mike as our Star Fox 64 expert.
2: I mean, I whenever I do my annual playthroughs that I've mentioned before, I always try to play it on N64 just cuz that's not to be that kind of person, but it's like the the most pure experience. <laughs> um but the 3ds version i think is incredible Mm -hmm. it it has a fantastic port it's a very accessible port it's beautiful looking and it's like one of the few games that actually like looks very well and works very well in 3d -hmm. um which is probably a hot take uh (laughs) this time around for this year i did play around with the switch version just because like star fox and switch hell yeah um it's good Like I like that it's accessible, that it's just easy. It's there. I could get it whenever I want. I don't have to find my HDMI cable for my N64 in order to play it. Um, But yeah, it's it's good. And that's what I did most recently.
0: So I played the game on 64 back in the day. Um, I got this game confused for a while because I also played it on 3DS. But I thought it was Star Fox Command for a hot second. I was like, what's the one that has like RTS style stuff in it? That's Command. Have you played Command?
2: I have. It's it's good. I, it's I've cool. I've never been an RTS person per se, but like, I mean, th- the curse that us Star Fox, like hard, us diehard Star Fox fans have, is that nothing will ever come close to being sixty four again. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. Like, a As- had decent like flying moments. Assault had like fantastic on rail segments, but it got ruined by everything else. And obviously, Zero is zero, zero is ruined by just the Wii U gamepad, which I... admittedly I have not played myself, but I just heard terrible things. So Isn't that's not, Guard not supposed how to be I fun? Wanted. Oh, it's slippy and grippy? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm getting confused. It's more of a turn-based strategy game than an RTS, but I think you know what I mean. I, that, yeah, Command. I know what you mean. Um, so I replayed it on Switch, and before I jump to Mo, I want to know, uh, controller... I didn't love how some of the commands I felt maybe weren't as responsive as I wanted. I eventually figured out the controller and, you know, pressing up and Y to do a flip, for example. Did you have any trouble there?
2: It's a little confusing at first. I think I was used to that confusion with the 3DS port. But it's just, it's not the same as, like, just the dedicated C buttons. Like, that's always, like, ingrained in my mind that, like, yes, left C is somersault and up C, I believe, is total backflip. It's just easier when it's dedicated buttons, as opposed to, I think, what it, on the Pro Controller, it's just joystick, right?
0: On the Pro Controller, it's joystick and a button that you have to press.
2: Yeah. But it, it's, it's very it's, weird. It's like, kind it of okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's serviceable, but not the ideal way to play this game.
1: And, and for myself, I played it on the Switch, too. Um, and I feel like I'm going to commit some Star Fox blasphemy. But my first uh, introduction to Star Fox was Star Fox Adventures, and I absolutely loved it. I don't think
2: *Adventures* is bad by any means. It's just not *64*.
1: Yeah, well, yeah it's a completely, totally yeah. different game. I think just at the very end, you get a little bit of the the starship. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil it too much, but a little bit of that. But I, I absolutely loved it. And when you when you mentioned let's do *Star Fox 64*, I've always wanted to do it. Like I mentioned at the beginning, Fox was my, and still to this day, is my Smash Bros. Like main. So like I always wanted to see like the the original hyped game that everyone talks about. Like what what's the big deal? Why is everyone always like so excited about it? So. Yeah, it's long overdue.
0: Uh, Well, hey, uh, it's a good video game. Uh, I want to read you some uh, reviews from the press. Unfortunately, most of these reviews are down, but I I have some snippets. Uh, GamePro gave this game 100% uh, and said, Furious flying, controller melting action, gorgeous graphics, and weird adversaries launched Star Fox 64 into the stratosphere. Electric Playground, shout out Victor Lucas, uh, said there's no question that Miyamoto has raised the bar on arcade-style 3D space shooters once again, uh, 8.5, and uh, GameSpot83 said uh, Star Fox 64 is the kind of game you will spend many sleepless nights with, sleepless nights with, even after you finish, an instant N64 classic. Is this a classic?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely why granted i'm i'm biased and this is my i I don't know if i said it on air this is my favorite game of all time you did um i did thank you (laughs) um i think uh what electric playground says this is the quintessential this is a staple in arcade style shooter this is arcade brought to the home in exquisite and fresh fashion and it's something that we haven't really seen at that time as opposed to ports from arcade like obviously like paperboy was on like snes and like obviously there was pac-man like stuff like that but this was an inherently unique experience tailor-made for console um and it was just snes Star Fox, just elevated to the next level with incredible lore lovable characters epic adventure scale like it just yeah i mean it blew me away this was the game as a reason why it's so like beloved by me and why i consider it my favorite game of all time this is the one video game that my father and I connected with. Like this was the one game that was like, oh, video games are aren't just toys. They could actually be something more meaningful. And it was just off to the races from there. So
0: you've done a good job of telling us why. If there's someone on the planet who has not seen Star Fox 64 in action, like really simply what is the game help set it up for us?
2: Sure. Star Fox 64 is an on rails space shooter on rails being you are just the camera behind a spaceship called an wing, and you are just following the ship on rails, not controlling in like an open space or anything, moving up, down, left, right diagonals just to get through the level and shoot enemies to an eventual end game or end level boss. And you are following a, a branching path of multiple planets and whatnot off to a grand adventure to defeat the evil Andros. That was you another thing, too, why it's it was so regarded at the time. The branching path thing is something that, as far as I'm concerned, at least in my, like, simple-minded ni- dumb 90s kid circle, <laughs> uh, branching narrative wasn't really a thing for me that early on. Granted, like, compared to, like, branching narrative nowadays, like, it's very simple and, like, laughable. But, like, back then, that absolutely blew me away. The fact that I could play that game... Countless times and every time find a different path and a different adventure, a new level, new characters. Like, I, I remember, like, it took forever for me to find or to to meet Cat in that game because I never, like, took that path. And, it, like, years later, it just blew me away that there was a character in that game hidden in a way that I never knew about.
0: I think the first time I played the game, I would have probably rented it from Blockbuster Video. And... It's fair to say that you can complete the game, you can complete the game in, yeah. in quotation marks in 30 minutes. But I think there are a total of 25 distinct paths that you can take through this game. Mo, I, I know that've we've, we've asked you how you played it this time, but do you have like a reverence for this game? Did you play it back in the day, the day or is this kind of your first exposure?
1: this is my first time i I grew up as a playstation kid um so um i'd never really played any of the original n64 games until like much older when i like bought the the wii version or the gamecube version or whatever it might be so all the original n64 stuff that was the friend down the street had the nintendo and then i had the playstation and it was like a go back and forth to play what you want but i never never really had any of the titles
0: so what did you think of it the first time you booted it up in 2022?
1: Oh, well, t- the, the straightforward thing. Obviously, it, it visually dated, but at the same time, um, y- you can appreciate that like it's the next thing after a Space Invader, like vertical scroller. It has some 3D elements. I love the parallax effect, how like when you shift to the right, the screen shifts to the left, adds that 3D element. I thought it was a very well-polished uh, 90s game, so it... it definitely the the low poly is there but at the same time it's 97 it's looked great for compared to the other titles that were out there like what's gold denied a shame
2: hell yeah (laughs) so i mean you sort of answer this like passively but being your first time playing it how does it hold up as a brand new experience in 2022
1: uh be become being fresh and it was a little janky with the controls because i'm used to 2020 like unity engine unreal engine movements and all of that that aside it does hold up it's it you can see where like um like the the diversity of like a different paths um even like one of the things i really liked was like speed boosting to like go through the meteor fields to finally squeeze into things just small little like mechanics that seemed to be something from, like, 10 years ago, but this came out almost a quarter century ago, so it's it's pretty cool.
0: It is yeah. truly a technical marvel, like, thinking that it came out in 97, and I specifically think of moments like that where you are flying, like, almost... I remember one specific path, and I, I forget what planet it was, but it was out in the kind of... Uh, Out in space, if you will, and you come down on a like almost like Star Wars Episode four style, like little path that your ship just flies into and you're shooting these little turrets. And I'm like, damn, they made a Star Wars.
2: Yeah, this is Nintendo Star Wars and it freaking rules.
1: It does. One of the things. Oh, sorry. One of the things I like yeah, loved is like the uh, the. So when you're firing a rocket, how like it would if something was spiraling, the rocket would also follow the path. Small little visual elements that I'm like, this is like, this is like a one stuff. Like how how did 1997
2: have games of this quality? It's pretty pretty shocking. And this, like, yeah, it's easy to make the Star Wars compare. I was gonna say the Star Fox comparisons. It was easy to make the Star Wars comparisons with, like, yeah, Epic Space Shooter. This is a story about a father and a son. Also, like, it's so freaking great.
0: And and a story like that that you don't get um, on some of the easier paths. So if there there's this map, and if you're if you're listening to this in the car, don't grab your phone. But if you're listening to this not in the car, grab your phone and Google Star Fox sixty four map. Because, sure, there are maybe only a total of, like, I think, a a a little more than a dozen levels. But the way that you go through those levels, I just remember, like, really distinctly that the one thing I remember about Star Fox is on Corneria, which is the first level of the game. If you fly through a series of gates that uh, are kind of, or or arcways made out of stone. Like yeah, Yeah, if you fly through them, you basically put yourself on a more difficult path. Uh, Going to Sector Y instead of going to one of the, you know, an easier planet, which to me was also mind blowing. We talked about the branching paths, but that's one thing I always remembered about this game.
2: So that first level does the Super Mario thing so well, where like how Miyamoto with the original Super Mario Brothers taught you how to play that game with like the Goomba running into you and jumping over platforms and so on and so forth. This game teaches you that if you see something a little weird, take advantage of it like yeah if you want to be cool and be slick and smooth and fly through those archways and feel like a total badass you're gonna get rewarded for it with yeah a more difficult path but a secret boss and like a really cool like character moment with falco that like he you there's like this playful rivalry and that really gets built up in that little section beyond the war uh the waterfall where like he's there's like this weird competition of like trying to shoot down more enemies than you it's just builds more character builds out the world even further it's Man, what a game.
0: Uh the the crew uh that you're with. We haven't mentioned them, but you play as Fox McCloud. he is an anthropomorphic fox, um, and he has three crewmates with him, uh Slippy Toad, Peppy Hair, and Falco Lombardi. Yes, that's his last name. Uh did Perfect. y'all how did you feel about Slippy Mo? I need to know.
1: What do you mean? He's a good guy. I am um, primarily only fo- focus all of my energy on Falco because that was my number two guy in Smash Bros. Sorry to keep talking about Smash Bros. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much I love the rivalry. I love Falco's character.
2: Um, but Slippy, eh.
0: Fox! Fox! I need you to save me! I'm dying! Every time! Wait till,
2: wait till you meet Grippy.
0: Who's Grippy? I think Slippy's dad. Okay. Oh. And he's only in that Wii U game, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know, tell me more f- facts about Grippy.
2: That's all I got for you because I did not play it. <laughs> he,
0: he's Slippy Dad. That's it. <laughs>
2: I think so. I'm pretty sure it's Slippy Dad. Uh,
0: so. This game has a ton of branching paths, has a ton of different levels. Um, I don't think we should go through them one by one, but I would love to go through some of your highlights and lowlights. And by lowlights, I mean which levels were exceedingly difficult because I have one. But Mike, as our expert, I'd love to, to get you first.
2: Well, first off, Grippy Toad is the uncle of Slippy Toad and Bel- Beltino Toad's brother. Okay. Grippy is the president of the Corneria Precious Metals Limited, a deep space mining company in charge of mining facilities in search for rare metals in space. Though during his search, he comes across the trouble of being attacked by enemies. I don't know. That's a weird way to end <laughs> that paragraph and that entire page. That's weird. Okay.
0: One, you're that's a writer, deep. but also he's a belter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's a space sure. commerce man. <laughs> he, he has. Uh, he has hair. He has. Sort of like a, a very Hitler like mustache. Um, yeah. Picture Hitler as a frog. And that, <laughs> that's grippy. Slippy's uncle. Slippy's. That's my uncle from Nintendo. Oh, boy. Toad. oh boy. Um Favorite level. Hmm. Why don't I, I mean, jump easy... in here
0: and, and give you my least favorite if, if you want a sure, little more time please. to think? Um, I was playing this game on stream uh, twitch.tv slash Jacob McCord. Occasionally stream. Uh, And I was doing pretty well. I took, I I would say like a combination of, I started my path going from Corneria to um, uh, the harder version. So I think going to Sector Y. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I took a a hard path and then I came back to, I guess, like a medium difficulty path. But I got to a planet called Solar. Uh, Solar is the uh, absolute dirge of my existence. I I like Solar. It is a lava planet that there's lava all around you and the boss is a big old lava man and he throws like waves of lava and stones at you. And the whole level I didn't mention, you are constantly losing health because your, I guess, ship doesn't have the proper heat shielding to be able to survive the planet. And so I lost basically all my lives on that planet and did not have a fun time there. (laughs) Would not recommend for vacation.
2: I'm trying to get the exact name of the planet because I I always forget about it. But so I do want to mention my least favorite first. Go. I thought it was Titania, but it's not Titania. Um, The train level where you're in the Landmaster and you're chasing the train the entire time.
1: Yes. Yes. The Landmaster all day. Big gun. That's all I need.
2: (laughs) Dude. But like chasing that train and trying to avoid those obstacles that are in your path is a nightmare. (laughs) And I always like if I ever take that path, I always get totally decimated and I always lose a bunch of lives on that
0: that's Macbeth
2: that's Macbeth thank you thank
0: yeah, you, thank you're me. welcome. I also played that one landmaster uh and that like kite boss is quite the quite the difficult one, huh
2: yeah dude so i mean there's ways to make it easier where if you go you do the similar thing to corneria if you go through the gates um i think it's like eight or eight to ten gates i believe if memory serves correctly mm -hmm. um or if you go through all the gates properly you could stun uh that boss and essentially give you a little bit of like breathing room to actually like take up yeah there's switches you have to hit like eight switches yeah and if you don't hit all of them at the same time you have to like shoot gates and like get through the gates because some of them are hidden behind those freaking gates.
0: Yep, wild. Absolutely if you don't, wild. if
2: you don't get them, it is punishing. <laughs> and just
0: to set the scene, the landmaster like can come off the ground, but yeah. you are essentially like rolling straight on the ground, and it can roll left and roll right. But you also can lift yourself temporarily off the ground, maybe like uh, an imaginary ten feet. Uh, but you're pretty stuck, and that boss is a kite boss with like a claw that can come down and grab you. Uh, not fun if you're, like, if you're not rolling
1: around.
2: Yeah. yeah
1: and I, I luckily had a, a walkthrough give me some suggestions on all the bosses. So, uh, yeah, the rolling is definitely underrated.
0: Mo, favorite uh, either highlight or, or low light of, of different levels that you played? Okay, don't laugh.
1: But, like, I didn't use the jump with the Landmaster for, like, almost the entire mission. Uh, And then once I saw that it could fly, that was pretty much my highlight. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, but besides that, it's it's tough. I don't have like the the nostalgia like uh, with this game. So there wasn't anything in particular that I said, "Oh wow, this is memorable forever." I think if I did play it way back one, that might might change. But nothing that really like stands out.
2: So I would say, for if I highlight a couple favorites, any of the Star Wolf favorite uh, centric levels, I adore just because I love the rivalry between Star Fox and Star Wolf, and just how. Nintendo in '97 was able to make incredibly designed dogfights in like a semi-open setting. So like Love Finchia, Finchnia, Finchina, Finchina. Um, love that. I love uh, Bolzy, which is the um, satellite towards the. End I was going right to talk about that Venom. level
0: too. Very uh, cool. And the I gravity threw me off.
2: The gravity is fantastic, and even just like the color palette, like it gets really dark with like hues of like sort of neon blue reflecting off the satellite so badass
0: and if you didn't touch this level mode imagine that like it is one of those like open not open worlds but you get like the what are the arena battles in this game called again
2: all range mode is like a way to put it
0: yeah all range mode except the whole time your ship or at least the, the ground looks like it's maybe moving like a like a planet just like turning but it it does this weird mind thing where you're like Am I moving? Is the planet moving? What is happening? Oh,
1: cool. Like it's, it's so a rolling cool. kind of thing?
2: Yeah. Sort of, yeah. It's so, it's, I think it's supposed to be like the satellite is like turning in space. So like you're kind of like contradicting movement with it. Cool. Imagine movement. that you're so a kid like a and weird... you're
0: spinning a globe and uh, it's, yeah. okay. it, lo- it looks like that.
2: Yeah. It's so cool.
0: Yeah, and, and uh,
2: another all range mode one that like is probably my favorite all range mode mission, just because it harkens like it's a clear reference to Independence Day, and I love it. Is uh, Katina with Bill, mm-hmm. and Bill's just such like a, a, a like a good old proud American boy, just wanted to do his planet <laughs> right and just get in there and bust some heads open. Yeah, um, and I hate disappointing Bill when I uh, shoot down an ally. It just always stings. Fox, it's that friendly was one fire. Of ours.
0: friendly fire. Friendly fire.
2: I think the first time I played, I kept
0: shooting Falco, and I'm like, ah, I was just like shooting with no yeah. regard for <laughs> any of my crewmates.
2: Yeah, no. It hits the consequences. It sucks. It does. Um, and also, just shout, shout out to Venom, also. Um, and that entire sequence where Andross is just taught you, where like you go off, you are alone, you leave your crew behind because like this is the admirable thing to do. You don't want to put your friends in danger. You got to go one on one with this MFR. Uh, and you're going through that solo path and Andros is just in your mind talking to you. And it's just like this psychological warfare of just being totally isolated and this ever-present, utterly evil being just trying to get into your head. Because he he's like clearly afraid with like everything going on, everything that happened leading up to this moment. He wants nothing to do with you. He's afraid. He needs to win somehow. And he's just playing that psychological warfare and just like teasing you. And I love it so much.
0: And it is not like again. This is a twenty-five-year-old game, so I think spoilers are very fair to go eh, through fine. here. Andross is ahead with hands. <laughs>
1: Floating hands. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's not the easiest boss to def- the f- like easiest final boss to defeat, right?
2: Yeah, I, mean, I guess it depends on the path, sort of. Yeah, I, I guess like trying to. So, like, the first phase where it's a floating head with hands, like, it's a little tricky, like, targeting or getting him to just put the hand up and targeting the hands, like, shooting the eye because it's a very small target and he's, like, moving and waving around. Once you get the hand open, it gets a little easier. Um, obviously, when it's revealed that he's just, like, a giant robot head, then you just go all out. It's easy.
0: <laughs> and man has backstory, too. He's a mad scientist who gave himself powers and is a robot, right? I and That is overly simplifying yep. it, but... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah i mean yeah you nailed it he's just a mad freaking scientist did you beat the and game? worth pointing out if you never played this game uh he's a monkey
0: yes he's he's also <laughs> a human monkey boy yeah uh Mo did you beat the game or did you just I, kind of
1: i played about an hour um i didn't get to andros i was struggling a bit uh so i didn't complete it fully yikes
0: look i i won't lie back in the day i, I have beaten this game multiple times um, I played maybe, just to refresh myself, maybe like two to three hours of this game, and Mike is going to shake his head in disappointment, um, I also was unable to beat Andros. Because oh, instead of being an, an idiot, really? like, I was a dummy, and instead of taking an easy path just to like see it all the way through, I took either normal or difficult paths the entire time, so I never beat Andros.
2: So this time around, because there is a canonical ending this, to this game. Obviously, this game has multiple endings. Yep. The canonical ending is spoilers James McCloud, Fox's father, who is supposedly dead at this point or like missing in some different realm or whatever. He comes saves Fox's ass. And it's so cool. But only in like um, the
0: more difficult like paths, right? Only
2: in the most difficult path. Yeah. And, th- that's, and that's the, like the, the final? canonical. Wow. Yeah, that's like the final canonical ending. If you do <sighs> any of the other paths, it's like you destroy Andros, yeah. you escape and you meet up back with your team. And there's no mention of James. And it's just, like, this, like, looming mystery. But, yeah, if you are rewarded, it's similar to, like, Halo, playing Halo on Legendary, like, you, like, are rewarded for getting through the more difficult path and the more difficult ending. Because I think in that final battle, also, like, Star Fox uh, Star Star Wolf pops back up, so you have to also, like, deal with Wolf at the same time as Andros, which is overwhelming.
0: And isn't he a brain <laughs> in that more difficult one, too?
2: Yeah, he's very much like a mother brain. Nintendo loves their their brain bosses. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So he is is just monkey head with hands, then robot head in, like, I guess some of the normal difficulties, or even maybe the easy ones, and then the hard ones, you get brain, and then in the most, like, the true ending is James McCloud coming to help you. Yeah. And then the post-ending is, or the post-credits, you get, like, a little, like, hey, this is how many people you killed.
1: I love those. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love summaries.
0: <laughs> uh great. before I forget to mention it, uh Nintendo did a Muppets thing a few E3s ago with respect to Star Fox, did they not?
2: For Star Fox 0, that was kind of the they they centered that E3 around Star Fox 0 and they made puppets of Reggie and Owada. I think. Mike, that sounds like, like a assuming, Venn diagram made specifically a... for you. Oh, it's so good. Um yeah, they sent her that whole This is like the Dream E3, like, oh my god, we're focusing on a brand new Unreal Star Fox game. It looks incredible. We got they're leaning into the puppet idea. It's going to be the greatest thing of all time. The Wii U is the best console ever made. Wii U saved. Uh wasn't the story. <laughs> um I will say the coolest part about that whole thing, I adore the puppets. They're great seeing them on screen. In New York City, there is a store called Nintendo New York around the the launch of star fox zero or i should say backtrack a little bit around the launch of big nintendo titles they have a showcase like centerpiece on the second floor kind of like just to they they usually change out to kind of like reflect what the big titles are so like when a pokemon title comes out they'll like have like a bunch of pokemon statues or like whatever they have like all the amiibo out and they constantly add all the amiibo or like i think when breath of the wild came out they had like a history of zelda like in that showcase i was in
0: new york when metro dread came out and they had like a dread like dread merch and yeah. like a dread display
2: It's so sick um when Star Fox zero was coming out they had the puppets <gasps> it was they are so cool in person yeah the amount of the 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 desire to commit <laughs> crimes <laughs> in midtown Manhattan to get those damn puppets i can just imagine
0: a man like a a grown man running out of nintendo new york just holding like a star fox puppet
2: yeah just like going down the uh mario flagpole to the first floor jetting out (laughs) (laughs) he's
0: just he's covering for it right now if crimes were legal and you could steal one of those puppets which puppet would you steal
2: Sir, if the purge eventually happens, That's what I was gonna I'm, say. I'm getting all three of those or all four of those damn puppets. Everyone's
1: going after vendettas. Mike's got some muppet helmets and they have puppets to grab.
2: I don't think many people want to kill me, so I think I'll be safe to just sneak into Nintendo headquarters and take those puppets.
1: The second
0: biggest Star Fox fan of all time will find you and kill you. <laughs>
2: yeah, we'll have a battle royale. Over. You're
1: Falco. Yeah, yeah, my
2: my wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you know that there was an animated, uh, a claymation Star Fox series for Netflix in the works that got canceled? Huh? Oh. Use more words. It so it claymated Star Fox Netflix series. It got greenlit, but Nintendo canceled it because it got leaked out.
1: What? What?
2: Because it that's a Nintendo ass move. It was that, and I believe there was a Zelda series like at, in talks at the same time. That was but much the, later though. Like the wasn't Star it? Star Fox one. It seemed it seemed like they were happening at the same time, sort of. But it seems like the Star Fox one was more developed. But um, like Nintendo, uh, you know, the you know, after the Super Mario Brothers movie back in the day, Nintendo ha- is very weary with their licenses. Um, so I'm assuming they just got stage fright and just pulled the just pulled the plug.
0: You mean like Chris Pratt's Super Mario Brothers movie, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Pre- precisely. Oh boy. You know what? That's coming out this year. Oh, I can't believe it. Is it going to be bad or good? It's going to be great. Can I, am I allowed to say fine? Yes, you are. It's going to be fine.
0: <laughs> I just want to hear Chris Pratt's Mario voice. That's all.
2: I want to hear Charlie's Luigi. I can't wait. It's
0: going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. Uh, graphics and sound. Uh, we talked a little bit about the graphics and the cool parallax effects. Um, had some pretty cool music in this game, right?
2: Super cool music. I mean, the first game was kind of revolutionary with its uh, sound effects chip. It's... It had something installed in the cart itself to allow more intricate um, sound effects, hmm. being uh, for for SNES. Um, and I think this game, even I mean, even visually on the SNES, this is the most visually striking Super Nintendo game. Um, and I feel like this is very much a spiritual successor to that lineage. And yeah, I would say this is the most impressive production uh, on a production standpoint. This is the most impressive 64 game.
0: What about games that had the expansion pass? or expansion pack rather like your majora's masks and your dk64's
2: majora's is pretty but Uh i feel like that moon though art the moon great i feel like art direction goes a long way i think i adore majora's mask behind me blurred in the background there's another prop you can see the mask um i'm on fire today (laughs) um visually pretty but like I think that grungy, dirty, dark aesthetic doesn't work super well on 64-bit consoles or even, like, more retro consoles, Mm -hmm. whereas Star Fox always gave off that sheen, kind of just... That that Star Fox look where it was... It felt like a very lived-in world, but it was clean. It was very vibrant. You know, colors popped. Character design was beautiful and varied not to mention VO and stuff like that, that that we should probably tailor in if we're talking about sound and whatnot.
0: So, let me lead the witness and and maybe have you paint a picture for us. If you could get sure. a brand new Star Fox game on the Switch or a future console in 2022, what would need to be in that game? And Moe's losing his mind too, so I'm going to ask you both. What would need to be in that game for it to be a success in your mind?
2: so it's one of two things Yep. just do 64 again (laughs) hell honestly if granted I have not played Zero like I said earlier but from what I've gathered the biggest problem with Zero is the Wii U gamepad take out the Wii U gamepad mechanics and port that thing to Switch which I think in my mind I believe that's the only game that has not been only Wii U game that has not been ported to Switch yet so I mean, there might be something else, but I believe that's the, the one big one. Um, I think maybe I mean, if we're counting NES Remix or something like that, that also hasn't come. Which, bring NES Remix to Switch, please. Yeah, it's a good game. Um, it's a real good game. Um, so give me a more polished zero. Like, take the criticism, take out any of the motion stuff, and it seems like that's a solid Star Fox game. Um, not to mention side note with zero, have y'all ever watched the animated, uh, short film that was tied to zero? No. Incredible. It's like the best 17 minutes of my life. Uh, I'm <laughs> so going
1: to a episode.
0: Yeah. Hey, I have oh, a video so game good. movie podcast that maybe that's a good short for.
1: Uh,
2: um, and while you're looking that up, I, I was joking around earlier, but I think the premise of a star Fox racing game sounds brilliant.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why that's not been a thing.
2: Great question, Mel. Yeah. (laughs) Nintendo. (laughs) But, so, especially because my, like, madman uh, theorizing went out of play a little bit. And, um, so, do you know the theory with James McCloud? Or, like, the, the, yeah, I guess the fan theory with James McCloud. No. Nope. James McCloud is also a character in F-Zero. So there's a theory, or has been a theory, that it is the same James McCloud that Fox's father slipped into a wormhole or something, ended up in the F-Zero universe, Ooh. and has been trying to like gather resources and gain money to find the technology to get back to his son. So, I will love a Star Fox racing game where there is a narrative behind James McCloud, and I, w- I would love it to be a blend of Star Fox characters and F-Zero characters.
0: Holy moly! I've I've never looked at James mcleod He is basically James mcleod from Star Fox, but a human. Yeah. Weird.
2: Yeah. So like when they when the Star Fox Grampy rumors started like spurring up, in my mind it felt like a match made in heaven. Like yes, revive Star Fox in a fresh way and revive F Zero, in a brand new way.
0: Because F Zero GX for the GameCube is a phenomenal game.
2: I would argue probably, aside from Wind Waker maybe, the best GameCube game. Punishingly, punishingly difficult, but man, like that is the Forza Horizon of GameCube.
0: Wow, <laughs> yeah. okay.
2: Heavily overlooked. Not enough people played that game.
0: Mo, are you down with this, this basically remake of, of Zero or 64 to, to be a new game?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, uh I don't know, I feel like, it, it, yeah, bringing back a Star Fox 64 in 2022, I don't think it would fit if it's on rails again. I think just, like, maybe even open world, like, moving around, like, a galaxy to, to finish a mission, like, open, maybe that makes it more appealing to, like, the average person Um but yeah, I think that's probably the only thing I'd want. I wouldn't want to be stuck on rails. I think I'd want to be able to like navigate freely to find or like explore in a galaxy. Like, hey, you're in the the Milky Way or whatever version of it. I think that's what I would prefer. You
0: essentially want like the flying levels in a Ratchet and Clank game with yeah, the yeah, Ratchet exactly. and Clank overworld as a Star Fox game.
1: Yeah, or even like to make it even more wild. Uh, the Assassin's Creed Black Flag. You know how you had the open seas and the yep. open, like with different missions? Uh, something like that. Hmm. that. That'd probably get me in right away.
0: Listen, I'm down with either um, a Star Fox 64 remaster a remake of Star Fox Zero, or this open-world Star Fox game that you're proposing. Uh, if y'all want to watch the Star Fox um, vignette that Mike mentioned, uh, it's on YouTube. It's on the Nintendo official page. It is called Star Fox Zero The Battle Begins. Uh, it looks like Star Fox anime, and I'm I'm in.
2: It's Star Fox anime. Oh, my yeah. God. It is so good. We. good. It is a crime that this wasn't picked up as a full-run animated series. Like It's just a one-season, eight-episode run. Just adapt the Zero story into this baller-looking anime.
0: Uh, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to link both the Nintendo press conference that had the puppets and this in the show notes. So if you want to watch them both as soon as we're done, um, I would implore you, and I think Mike would super implore you to do that.
2: It's so good. It's so good.
0: Uh, Anything here that we haven't covered with respect to, to Star Fox 64?
1: I think, I mean, only one last thing, uh, if we didn't mention it early on, it's uh, free-to-play with Nintendo Switch Online. So if someone doesn't have it or hasn't played it, it, but you subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online, fire it up. Why not? Give it a shot if you haven't played
2: it. With the expansion pass. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, Which, that is a a thing. Holy smokes.
2: And full disclosure, the ports on 64 on Switch, not the cleanest things in the world. Mm -hmm. They're playable, but like, not super great. If you have a 3DS, the 3DS port is fantastic.
0: Yeah. If you had to order them, 64 original, um, yeah. 3DS port, the Switch port. I think those are the only places you can get it. Can you get it on Wii U?
2: Um, Possibly on Virtual Console. I think they had 64 games on Virtual Console.
0: They did, I think. Yeah, uh, so it must yep, be it is. part of that. It's on there. Yeah, yeah. So, Multiple ways to play a very good video game.
2: Now, Jacob. Uh, yes. I, of course, I'm editor-in-chief co-founder of an indie games website. I'd be remiss to not mention that this year, 2022 of our Lord and Savior, uh, is in fact the year of the Star Fox Renaissance.
0: Okay. Ooh. Tell okay. me more.
2: There are a number of indie titles in development directly influenced by Star Fox 64. What are these games? Now. Oh, oh, I will gladly tell you. Uh, only have a couple. There's Astro Dogs, which was slated originally, I believe, for 2022 coming to Switch. Astro Dogs is on rail space shooter with a wonderful cast of characters filled with, you know, just of dogs. Played, I previewed it a little bit. The feel is not quite there yet, but the idea is there. So hopefully taking that extra year or so with some extra polish, hopefully it gets there. There's Whisker Squadron by Fliply. They're the folks behind Race the Sun, if you've uh, played that PlayStation Plus title uh, for PS4. Whisker Squadron is on rail shooter where you play as a cast of animal cats or whatever. <laughs> animal cats? Whatever. Sure. <laughs> um, but the shtick is that this is a roguelike Star Fox Ooh. game. So uh, different oui. paths, procedurally generated levels, different bosses every time. Again, I previewed this a bunch. The feel is getting there. Um, I will see if it's hitting in twenty twenty two. I feel like it might slip into twenty twenty three. We'll see. Uh, another one I played years ago. At this point, I, I was told there is a single player coming, but I played the multiplayer uh, dogfight by Petrichor Games. Okay, it is what it sounds like. You play as dogs fighting in. It's dog fighting as dogs in like an all range mode arena. That's Ooh. what I played. Dog dog fighting. Uh, Got it. Yeah, dog dog fighting, but. But, but, but. The Crown Jewel, my friends. X Zodiac by Ben Hickling. Okay. Zodiac. This is Star Fox, all except in name and characters and lore. This game looks and feels utterly phenomenal. Ooh. And it is exactly how a Star Fox game should feel and play in 2022.
0: Wow, this looks like a Star Fox game. Yeah, it's like yes. a little old retro
1: looking... It looks like so, the yeah, SNES visually
2: version. yes, visually inspired by the SNES original. Um but man, this again, this is a, I, I have the preview demo still on my uh on my desktop. This is something I go back to every now and again when I just need to feel something. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I play this demo non-stop for the past like a year and a half and man, this thing feels incredible. If it is the dream star fox game like in my mind like i obviously i don't want like well no this is this would be a good thing for ben i would love nintendo to pick up on this and offer ben a ton of money just to throw star fox game like
0: the like seconded with sonic and um
2: with sonic mania yeah with
0: sonic mania and not machine head why do i think of machine head what is the guy's name who essentially <laughs> I don't is oh no okay i'm going to look this up but machine head keep going about exodiex sorry
2: no, and yeah, no. Visually, looks incredible. Yeah, it looks like a polished. It, you know what? It, it, it's something I keep telling people: it feels like it feels and looks like how you remember Star Fox SNES feeling and looking like. Similar to like the Tony Hawk remakes, it feels like how you remember Tony Hawk feeling like. But like going back to it, maybe it doesn't hold up as great twenty plus years later or whatever. But what Ben is Ben is building is essentially my dream game and I cannot wait for this freaking thing to finally release like in in full fashion. I'm he keeps updating the preview builds. and I think like at this point maybe eight uh, missions are available but I'm trying to stop myself because I want to savor it all at once. Aww. but yeah branching paths, all that looks incredible feels incredible can't wait
0: it's in early access now if you want to download the, the demo on steam you can there you uh, go. it looks like it's coming out in early 22 according to steam yeah uh, it was kickstarted and doubled two and a half times its goal of twenty thousand pounds it made fifty thousand yeah. pounds 2100 backers were you a backer
2: of course i was a backer Are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> Game i was a for backer you. for this i was a backer for whisker squadron come on
0: <laughs> so d- did you just make a segment on the show because i kind of love it Mike's Indie Game Corner. Yeah. yeah, it's totally... Oh, please. You did it. It's oh, every time you
2: get a... Yeah, if there's a game that you guys are covering that you need the indie alternative to, I got you.
0: Look at that. Look at that. We right made down. it. Do you, do we need to trademark that? Is that something that we should make a JPEG and
2: put I'll on the blockchain? <laughs> <laughs> I, I Yeah, if you want to... um, I'll create an NFT. Okay. Can I just control C, drum.
0: control V it and download it on my yeah, desktop? Yeah, if you want
2: a print screen right now. Okay. Your your cover. I got it. There we go.
0: I have your NFT now. Thank you. <laughs> uh well, hey, those are our thoughts about Star Fox sixty-four and some great indie games that you can play that cop the same feel. you Cop the same feel? you <laughs> Jacob, ew.
1: come on. <laughs> Grippy toad,
0: baby. Oh
1: boy. Slippy that toad.
0: N- slippy toad gross. I'm gonna end this show and say, Michael, thank you so much for coming. Are you Michael? I'm nervous. Please take over.
2: Wow, talk about Michael, yourself. I have heard that. I have heard that name in many years. <laughs> Tell us about yourself
0: before I talk about Grippy again.
2: <laughs> uh, Michael is the name my mother uh, expresses when she's very pissed at me. <laughs> God,
0: you know what my middle name is?
2: What is it? It's Michael. Michael. Oh, Ooh. hell yeah! You know what my <laughs> middle name is? Jacob. What? What's your? No, I'm kidding. I'm
0: kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a middle
1: name, do you? I know it's my dad's name, Abdulmonim. It's very oh. fancy. Ooh, that's very Ooh. fancy.
2: Mine's, mine's James. Ooh. Mm. Because I was originally supposed to be named James, but then there. James the McCloud.
1: It comes uh, full circle. Ah! It comes sort full circle. Ah, you freaking did it!
2: Uh, what was the question? Oh, uh, what am I talking six about? Six One Indie. <laughs> what that? <laughs> six One Indie is an independently operated games media outlet with a focus on indie gaming. We do. Uh, we have 61 dot com spelled out. S I X O N E Indie. Um, on the website, we do uh, reviews for indie games, previews, uh, special features, what you usually find on your games and media outlets. Uh, we have our pillar podcast. Nope. Whoa. No. What's the what's the uh,
0: what's that phrase? Uh, like the uh, uh, like the podcast flagship beachhead. podcast. Flagship. There it
2: is. Flagship. Our flagship podcast, the six one IndieCast weekly show where we just talk about what we're playing or like any major uh, indie topics that are floating around uh we also have our monthly monthly kind of like chill out podcast dollar slice uh and we do a bunch of stuff on youtube like i personally um or along with a lot of the team uh do a lot of developer conversations so like ben if you ever hear this let's freaking chat my friend um do a lot of uh first impression pieces on youtube Stuff like that. Um, And coming up this week, which I believe you said this is going live on Wednesday. So yesterday, I posted my review of Nobody Saves the World, as well as uh, an episode of our First Impressions video series called Show and Tell, where Kyle and I play through some high-level late-game dungeons, uh, just to kind of show off what that game looks like 25 hours in. Um, Also, play Nobody Saves the World. It's freaking incredible. It's Dreambox's best game yet. Dream? It's on Game Pass. No mm-hmm. excuse.
0: There you go. Um and where can you be found Damn. on the Twitter machine?
2: Uh I could be found well, six one Indy could be found at six one indie. Should have mentioned that. Uh and I could be found at Mixtoundro. M I X T O W N D R O W. Thank you so much
0: for coming on the show today. Um I said Star Fox yes, sixty four. How did this happen? Did I just say Star fox and you were like, Hey, I'm here.
2: I think you DM'd me. You were like, "Hey, give me two games." I was like, "Okay." There's only two games that exist: Star Fox 64 and Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. <laughs> and you chose uh, the lesser evil.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought about it. I won't lie.
2: That would be. Have you ever played it? I have. I, I've beaten it okay. back in the day. Cool. An easier game to revisit. If it Mo, have you ever played it?
1: No, I have not. I have a Nintendo. Oh, you... Is a is a blind Ooh. spot for me.
2: You would struggle with this game.
1: <laughs> Ooh. <next. laughs> not not a fun but one. Oh man, slow delight.
2: Uh thank hey, you so Sonic much. Sonic Unleashed, currently four four dollars and fifty cents on Xbox. Guess what I'm buying and playing tonight. That's a Sonic bad Unleashed, game, isn't baby. it? I don't know. I never played it. I'm gonna play it. Yes, please let us know 60, about that. Sixty FPS on Series X now. I'm I'm, I'm we I'm down for high frame rate Where Sonics. His
0: his thoughts will be at on Twitter at M I X T O W N D R O W. Thank you for coming yes, on the sir. show today.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. This is a, this is a blast.
0: Uh, a great game, a great guest, and uh, great Scott. Let me tell you about where you can find this podcast. Uh, you can find it at Left Behind Club on Twitter, at Left Behind Game Club on Instagram. Uh, and if you want to join our Discord server where we talk with talk about video games with some cool folks, uh, you can find the link to that at leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. Uh, before I intro myself or tell you about myself, the reason I brought up Machine Gun Head with respect to Sonic Mania, it was developed sure. by Head Cannon and Christian Whitehead. That's where my gotcha. brain went. I just needed to say that into a microphone.
2: I will say I would love a Sonic Wolfenstein game.
0: <laughs> that would be strange, uh, but I'm <laughs> Give into <it's> me. it.
2: <laughs> Dude, we got sh- Shadow the Hedgehog was close.
0: Yeah, he had a gun. That was a thing. Uh, You can find me on the internet at Jacob McCord on all major podcasting on all social. Oh, my God. You can find me (laughs) on all social media platforms at Jacob McCord, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. I host another podcast called Cutscenes. It is a video game movie podcast that releases seasonally. Uh, You can find that on all major podcasting platforms. Um, My friends are holding up toys. Tell me about your toys.
2: (laughs) This is supersonic, Duck. Continue your plugging, please.
1: <laughs> Mo, go ahead. Tell us about yourself. Oh, you can find me on almost all social media platforms at Emertotti, but most importantly in that Discord server that Jacob mentioned, and that can be found at LeftBehindGame.club/discord. Come on down, chat, learn about some deals that are out there about video games, as well as meet the crew. We have a pretty big community, and we love meeting new people. Uh, Jacob, back to you.
0: Uh, well, hey, we have some some new announcements that are coming on our next episode. So uh, if you want to find out more about the future of the Left Behind Game Club, uh, listen some to our February shows. Big announcements, big, big. announcements, big. big.
1: Uh, Exciting too. I'm, I'm really excited for 2022, and that announcement I think will uh, will shed some light on why.
0: Uh, that is the end of our. They show They sold out. Yeah, we sold out. We sold we sold the company. <laughs> James McLeod is our new owner we're making nfts now mo uh take us home uh what do we say at the end of every one of our episodes
1: well we got a shout out mr michael ruffalo and that my friends is one less game left behind
0: I'm Jacob McCourt I'm Katie Lesbrantz And I'm Travis Colnett. We are hosting a brand new podcast called Cutscenes There are tons of video game podcasts And tons of TV film podcasts But we're going to bring you the intersection of both And talk about video game movies and TV I know what you're thinking Aren't most of them not very good? Wrong Some of them are fine And we're going to tell you all about them Make sure to subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice Follow us on Twitter at Cutscenes underscore pod And most importantly Give us a listen
1: See you you soon. soon Scenes, a video game movie podcast.